You're listening to Investify, preaching financial independence and assisting investors to achieve a more flexible and free lifestyle through smart financial planning and real estate investing. If leaving the corporate world and jumping into this thriving industry is what you desire, tune in and listen to stories of like-minded individuals who made the leap to financial independence. Equip yourself with the right tips and tricks to start your real estate journey, making active or passive ventures that are highly profitable and rewarding. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Invest to Friday. If you didn't make it to the meetup in Denver last week, I did a really good, I guess, self-promoted, really good presentation on uh, the past, the present, and the future of house hacking in Denver. Now, if you're in Denver, this episode will be especially important to you. But even if you're not in Denver, your city and many other cities follow the same trajectory. So you can kind of figure out where your city is on this path. And judging by how far Denver's gotten, you can see where your city is likely going to go. And if your city is ahead of Denver's, then I'm going to kind of get to that as well. And so I'm just going to actually pull up the presentation I did, and I'm going to run through it just like I did for those that might have missed it. But again, the presentation went over so well, I wanted to make sure that I shared it with everybody. And this isn't always going to happen where we take our presentation and then present it again over this episode. So if you guys are in Denver, make sure you're coming out to the House Hackers Meetup put on by the FI team. Every first Wednesday of the month from 6 to 9 p.m. at Jackson's in downtown Denver. All right. So I'm going to start off with where Denver looked like in 2014. And these are all actual deals that I've got from my friends who have purchased houses in these years. So I've got a good friend of mine who purchased a home in 2014. It was a side-by-side duplex for $240,000. He put a 3.5% down payment down. And it rented out for $2,400 total, $1,200 per side. PITI was $1,300. His reserves was $400. And then ended up cash flowing $700 on this property. And this was back in 2014. If you're listening to this, I'm sure everyone is really jealous because no one can pick up a side-by-side duplex in Denver for $240,000 these days. And so in 2017, which is when I started investing, I actually bought my first property two blocks down from this duplex that my friend bought. And it was an up-down duplex. They were only one bed, one baths. So not as good of a layout. Up-down, up-downs are not worth as much as side-by-side. And I bought it for $385,000. No way in heck was this same strategy going to work renting it out long-term. Those are, are gone. The traditional house hack in Denver is insanely hard to do these days. And so what I did was I lived in the bottom, rented out the top, still wasn't cash flowing. So I ended up having to basically set up a quasi room for myself in the living room by putting up a curtain and a room divider. And I rented out my bedroom on Airbnb. And so the way I did that was, again, I purchased that property for $385,000. I did a 3.5% down payment. So my total all-in was about seventeen dollars to 20000 My rent I was getting was $28.50. My PITI was $2,000. I set aside $250 a month for reserves. And I was cash flowing 600 bucks a month on it. And at the time, because Denver was getting so expensive, the fad in Denver was long-distance real estate investing. Oh, you can't buy in your area because it's too expensive? Why not just look out of state, right? People are looking at lower price markets. They're going to put the same amount down because they now have to put down 20% instead of 3 to 5%, and they're getting a whopping $200 a month of cash flow. And even if their properties double, they're only going to get $100,000 of appreciation 
Whereas in a Denver market, if your property doubles, you're going to get three to $400,000 of appreciation. So in a higher price market, the stuff works better. You just got to get a little bit more creative. And then obviously no one wanted to do what I was doing to house hack. So we kind of discovered a different way. We discovered rent by the room. Some of you may know it as co-living. It's kind of the same thing, but basically different people are, are sharing common areas while having their own private bedrooms. And so in 2018, I bought my first rent by the room property. I purchased it at 350,000. My down payment was 5%. And my total cash flow on this property was $1,100. I was collecting 37.50 in rent. $2,200 uh, was my monthly payment. And I set aside $450 a month for reserves. So $1,100 in cash flow. Anybody I think would take $1,100 in cash flow uh, for a rent by the room. This is something that more people were down to do, especially if you were younger, if you didn't mind living with roommates. And as long as you screened your tenants carefully, pretty safe bet that you would have a pretty good experience. And then the fad in 2018 was the burr. Everyone was burring. For those of you that don't know what burr is, that's when you buy a property, you rehab it, you re rent it, you refinance it, and then you repeat it. And so it's a way to kind of use your money over and over and over again to buy properties. However, what happened here was that labor prices increased, material prices increased, too many people trying to do it, which is making people buy bad deals. So then the rundown properties were actually increasing in price. And so it was really hard to actually make these work. And then, of course, what really nipped this strategy in the bud were the high interest rates in 2022, where the refinances wouldn't even make sense anymore. So that's a fad. Right. That was from 20, 2018 to 2020 is kind of the Burr fad. And then what we discovered in that time with the Burr fad is totally separate from this. This was, oh, we could find a house that has a basement and we could actually separate the upstairs from the downstairs. So someone that lives in the upstairs could rent out the downstairs, have their own separate place and still be able to house act, still be able to subsidize their mortgage and pay, have their own place for free or pretty dang cheap, if not free. And so we were really you know, pushing both of these strategies, rent by the room or, or the upstairs, downstairs split, depending on how much you wanted to profit and how much comfort that you wanted. And each of these would be about the same, just the upstairs, downstairs would probably be a little bit more management intensive because the downstairs in order to make the numbers work would probably have to be an Airbnb or something like that. You kind of have to do multiple strategies. And so then uh, 2021, 2022 comes along and the fad is the luxury Airbnb. I'm sure you've seen these all over Instagram right? There's a really high return in the first couple of years because your place is new, your place is fresh. It's likely up to date with the most recent trends. And, you know, it looks gorgeous on IG, right? You can post it, you can get in all the likes and the comments and the loves and the follows. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not really investing in real estate for likes, comments, or follows. I'm in real estate so I can get some passive income, not have to worry about it. And I can enjoy life with my family, enjoy life with my friends and do things that really matter. The downside about these luxury Airbnbs is you need to continuously reinvest. I've got friends that literally are putting fifty dollars to $100,000 just in the decorations of these Airbnbs. That doesn't even include any rehab. Add another fifty dollars to hundred grand on the rehabs. You're talking $200,000 all in. And that's not even including your down payment or anything like that to just make these rehabs all trendy and look good so that they can actually be rented on Airbnb at a high rate. And then what happens in two years when you know, that pretty green leaf wall with the sparked up sign is no longer cool? Well, now you got to go change it out again. And you probably got to spend five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year at least trying to update it. And now you're running this crazy business. It's not even close to passive. You have to continuously be making updates. You need to continuously live and die by reviews. And if one thing starts to break or anything like that, you got to make sure it's fixed, right? These houses also, a lot of them are one trick ponies, right? What makes a house beautiful? It's a big living room, right? It's a big, beautiful kitchen. It's a big, nice outdoor area. Unfortunately, guys, you can't really, you know, charge that much more in rent for these areas. And it's really hard to like 
add bedrooms or do anything like that. The only way these things work are our Airbnbs and the long-term luxury space is really bad in terms of rent to price ratios. So these guys are going to be caught, I think, with their pants down in a few years if Airbnb ever decides to go away or whatever. And now they're going to have to sell these properties at a discount or hold on to them, make their properties really good, continue to reinvest in them while things go down. And also it's totally oversaturating Airbnb as well. Back in 2017, when I Airbnb'd my first property, I had like a American flag comforter, $20 from Amazon. It was like a $30 desk. It was like the worst Airbnb ever. And it was still making $1,100 a month. Today, that wouldn't even rent on Airbnb. And so I really don't like this strategy. I know it's kind of like the flavor of the year, flavor of the month right now. But again, I think for the long term, if you look at experienced investors that have been doing this for 10 plus years, not a single person is like all in on the short-term rental space. The only people that are all in are people that have experienced the high volume of short-term rentals coming up, the popularity of the rise of them in 2019, 20, 21, and 22. And so I don't have good feelings for the long-term effects of these luxury Airbnbs. Not only that, but the government is really cracking down, especially in cities, on these Airbnbs. Because what are they doing? They're taking away from hotels who pay a lot higher in taxes. They're making their city unaffordable because rather than landlords renting out their places long-term like they should be doing, they're trying to get more money from Airbnb, which decreases the supply. When the supply decreases, rent increases, making their city more unaffordable than people leave their city. They stop paying taxes in their city. It is not good to have people not wanting to live in your city and artificially increasing rent prices. So I, I think this is a, a fundamental flaw. I think the government is going to step in. They already have been. And so I just don't like the long-term effects of this. So I would just be very, very cautious if the only thing, only way your property works is on Airbnb. I would honestly think about selling it and picking something else up that works in multiple different ways as soon as you can. Because I don't think that, I think that the, the fuse is running out here in the next two or three years. And so let's get back here to 2021, 2022. What are we doing? Don't get me wrong. We're still doing the Airbnb, but we're doing it in an area, in a house that can also be used as rent by the room or also be rented out as a long-term and still cash flow. And so this is a deal that I bought in 2021. It's a $550,000 purchase price. We put 5% down. The rent I'm getting is 4,800. My PITI was 3,000. My reserves are 3,400. So I'm cash flowing like $1,500 a month on this one. And then if we did the split unit and rent by the room, the, the cash flow would be a little bit less. 1100 because in the split unit rent by the room just means that I'm going to Airbnb the downstairs and I'm going to rent out the other two bedrooms. And that's just because uh, the Airbnb wasn't doing as well after everybody started coming on 2021, 2022. And so 2023, what's the fad? Well, the fad is high interest rates, right? So what are we going to do? You guys are probably are going to, you, you all know what I'm going to say here, right? The subject to seller financing thing is kind of the fad in the flavor of 2023. I know when someone comes up to me and asks if they find a sub two deal to make sure that they let them know. I will say that if I find a really great sub two deal that doesn't require much down payment or anything like that, I'll probably take that myself, right? And so you kind of have to know who your audience is and people aren't just going to like give you these deals. I know you're a newbie when you're asking all these questions basically, right? And the downsides of these sub two things is that it's nearly impossible to find a deal. Sellers don't really understand it. So you need to be really good at explaining to them what the benefits are to them why they would do this, et cetera, et cetera. You usually still will need a down payment. And honestly, usually it's more than five to 10% down, especially if it's listed because the seller is going to need to pay the agent a five to 6% fee. So you're gonna have to at least be able to pay the agent with your down payment. And very rarely are they just willing to just walk away with nothing. It can happen, but it's pretty rare. And then it's very oversaturated right now. Everyone is doing this. And so honestly, when I look to see what everyone else is doing, I like to zig when everybody else zags. And so if I see some, everyone going to sub two, I'm going to go a different route. 
because I just know it, it's just like the flavor of the month. And so 2023, right? We're still doing the same old boring stuff that is just printing us cash flow. And, you know, we're really not following for any of the fads or the trends or anything like that. So we purchased a property for $585,000. The rent on this one is $5,850. The PITI is $3,400. Uh, and that will actually end up going up. We did a two one buy down, so it'll go up to thirty eight hundred once the two one buy down expires. And but we you know we're still getting fifteen hundred dollars a month in cash flow after we set aside some money for utilities, reserves, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to do the split unit in rent by the room, you know we're kind of still looking at that same thing. That's about thirteen hundred dollars of cash flow. Again, Airbnb isn't as good as it used to be in terms of the the money it would bring in because of all the saturation. But it still does a decent thing if you're willing to, again, live with two roommates and then also Airbnb your downstairs. And so that's kind of the history and it brings us up till today, right? And so, you know, there's been a lot of fads, right? There's short-term rentals, there's a sub two, there's the medium-term rentals, which we didn't even talk about, but that was also a fad. Seller financing is kind of the new thing. Burr is the older thing. And so all these things are useful. They're tools in the tool belt. If you want to be a real estate investor, you should know how to do all these things. I am not knocking any one of these things. I'm just knocking that you can't scale a business for the long term with just one of these categories. And so you need to make sure that you've got them in your tool belt, but you've, you're doing something fundamentally that's going to last and has withstood the test of time. And so what's going to happen in the future, right? That's what everyone wants to, wants to hear. And I'm going to tell you the answer. And the answer is, I don't know, right? So thanks for listening, guys. No, I'm just kidding. But in, in all actuality, right? So in 2024, 2027, in the next three years, we don't know what's going to happen. But we can tell you that the market's either going to go up or it's going to go down. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but let's say what happens if it goes up, which is likely what's going to happen. That's typically what real estate does over time. So if it goes up, we're going to just take a look at some other cities. Now, I've had the privilege of living in a lot of bigger cities. Uh, I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in Boston. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in San Jose, California, which is also a bigger city. And there's one thing that all these cities have in common. Housing becomes unaffordable. And when housing becomes unaffordable, everyone who lives there and rents there thinks, oh, man, wouldn't I be so lucky if I own these properties? Well, the people who own these properties are people that bought probably 20, 30 years ago when it was affordable. Guess what? If you're in a market right now that is affordable in 20 or 30 years, people are going to be wishing they were you who bought the property when it was affordable. So as these cities grow and people be, and they become more desirable and population increases, people are going to continue to flock to these big cities. And when housing becomes unaffordable, what happens? Well, everyone else needs to rent. So then the rental prices starts to skyrocket. And now you've got your property that you own with unaffordable, which is kind of good for you because that means it's appreciated quite a bit. The average Joe can't afford it because we all know wages do not outpace home appreciation. And now rent, because there's so much more rental demand, rent is going to skyrocket and you own it, right? So that's the biggest thing. And then of course, this is how you're able to get high cash flow and high appreciation in these more expensive markets like Denver, like Austin, like Seattle like heck, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, like even, even in San Diego, we're actually finding some places with some good high cash flow. So, you know, what happens if it goes down? We're just going to regress back on that scale, right? We might go back to 2017, where you maybe could get a duplex and rent it out, or you just keep doing rent by the room, right? We all know these strategies of rent by the room work, so we'll continue to do it. And the best part about this whole thing is that if the market goes down, you do not need to sell because, you know, we're looking at your houses to make sure that you can cover your mortgage and not be negative every month. So you don't need to sell at a loss. You don't really make or lose money at anything until you actually transact. I mean, I could have a million dollars in equity in, in a property, but if I don't sell it, I don't, can't really do anything with that equity. I can take a HELOC on it, et cetera, et cetera, but it's not really, but I still owe that back, right? And so whatever the housing market does, whether it goes up 
we are thinking about strategies on how to do that. And we're going to get to that in a second. And in the future, we'll just regress back to what we already have done before. And, and the numbers will just work better, right? And so what do we do, right? Well, one, if you don't already know, we, I am the leader of the FI team, which is a team of investor-friendly agents in the Denver market, or also in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, San Diego, uh, as well as Washington. And so if you need help in any of these markets, just let us know, right? Shoot me a DM, I'm at the FI guy. And we can just talk through, you know, some of the scenarios and how you could potentially buy an investment property for the long term and achieve financial independence the way you need to. And so with the future, Will, so let's say it goes up, right? Let's say the Denver market goes up, all the markets go up. How are we going to continue to cash flow? Eventually, the prices are going to outpace the rents. And so where the future is and where it seems like it is going is the co-living space. And so rent by the room is something that all, all these other cities do, right? I was in San Francisco. And I went and looked at an apartment where I shared a bedroom with somebody and was going to pay $2,000 a month. That's a problem, right? That's a problem for renters. But you can see that's where Denver and these more expensive cities are starting to go. And the government wants people to have affordable housing. Well, rent by the room is one of the best ways to have affordable housing, especially if you're giving them a great place to live. So the government is going to have our backs with this affordable housing thing. And so we're going to have be on the government side. We're going to do what they want to do. We're going to look at what other cities have done and continue to do and reinvest the way they have. And so co-living is where I think the future is and also potentially recovery homes. And I think we've done a couple of these and they've worked out really well where, you know, people who, who are coming out of, who are, who are ex-addicts are recovering and they need support and they need accountability. And so they actually need to have a roommate. So there's going to be two to three people living in every room paying probably about five to $600 per bed. And that really adds up, right? And so, and these people really, they know they don't have a chance, right? They, from anybody else, because they have bad credit, I'm sure. They're probably felons if they're in jail or just getting out of jail or recovering addicts. And so you're giving these guys a chance. You're, you're getting a, a premium for it. And uh, I think it's a really good way to give back and help. And so, you know, What's kind of the difference, right? I feel like there's two ways you can go. You can go that Airbnb route that we talked about and you can scale that or you can maybe go this co-living route. I just think the co-living is, is solving a fundamental problem that society wants to solve. And that's the affordability crisis in big cities. Whereas the Airbnb route is actually doing the opposite of what the cities want to do. And it's making these cities more and more unaffordable. And so by solving a problem, typically you're going to get wealthier. It's going to feel better. And, and I think you're going to do a lot better. And so, yeah, what the future looks like, uh, you know, we're going to do a quick analysis of like, hey, what happens if that $550,000 property that we just analyzed is now $750,000? And so if you're renting by the room or doing co-living, you're still going to make six to $7,000 a month in rent. Your PITI will be $5,000 or so, and you can still be cash flowing anywhere between $600 to $1,600 a month. And so this is where the future is going to be. That's why we are going all in on rent by the room and co-living because all fingers point in that direction. You have to be careful, guys, not to just look at what has worked in the past, but look to see what is going to be in the future. And again, history repeats itself. Look at other cities, look at other areas that have been where your, where your city is and figure out what their next step was, because that's what cities do. That's how cities get their ideas, how they put their policies in place. They look at other cities and see what they've done, and then they just start copying and pasting each other. So we have to adapt and adjust just like they have. And so at the end of the day, what's going to happen here is Everyone is really concerned about buying right now because of the high interest rates and all that kind of stuff. But really, what the scenario is that everyone right now sitting here as I'm recording this in 2023 wishes they bought a property in 2019, four years ago, 
And I promise you everyone in 2019 wishes they had bought in 2015. So what do you think is going to happen in 2027? Do you think everyone's going to wish they had bought in 2023? I have to say probably, right? So get out there. Uh, now is one of the best times to buy because there's the least competition we've ever seen. People are going to get under at or under asking. There's no need to waive contingencies. There's not multiple offers. It really is one of the best times to buy real estate ever since I've been even buying. You can get seller credits. You can get seller concessions. Buyers actually have a lot more power now than they ever do. The only downside is the interest rates are higher and lenders have a product called a 2-1 buy-down where you can actually basically punt out your high interest rate for two years by buying it down two percentage points in the first 12 months and then uh, one percentage point in the next 12 months. So you know, you're hopefully able to withstand the high interest rates. And in that time, hopefully the Fed drops rates and you can refinance and be all good in Gucci. So that was it, guys. That was this episode of Investor Fridays. I hope that was helpful for you. I, you know, I'm a pretty big proponent of the rent by the room and the co-living strategy. I just think it is going to work for the long term. It's where cities are going. It helps the cities. It, it helps the, and you want to be on the city's side and it's not nearly as oversaturated. And even if it was, you know, it, it will again, just help the issue of affordability. And so we're solving a much bigger problem here not just lining pockets of already rich people, but helping people who actually need a good place to live while also benefiting ourselves. So it's what we call a nice win-win. If you like this episode of Investor Fridays and you want to potentially work with the FI team, or if you, you want to just continue to listen, make sure you like and follow this. If you want to work with the FI team, you can go to thefiteam.com. There's a button there that's called work with us. Just fill out a form and we'll reach out to you right away. If you want to talk to me directly, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I am at the FI guy. Just shoot me a DM and I'm usually pretty good at responding back. So thanks so much guys for listening. And until next week, we will see you all later. That's it for this episode of Investify. We hope that these nuggets of real estate wisdom lead to more savvy financial planning and a clearer path towards financial freedom. For more content like this, subscribe to the show at investify.com. Don't forget to leave a rating and share it with your friends. Together, we can transform more real estate newbies into successful and clever investors. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next one.